I'm Tiana Jay, the founder of the Humanitarian Changemakers Network. And I'm Lachlan, here to ask some interesting questions. Welcome, Welcome to, to Changemaker, Changemaker Q&A. With the rise of fake news, divisive politics, and growing insecurity created by social and economic inequality, we are often left with a media landscape dominated by dismal perspectives of the world. Young people need to learn about examples of positive change. Identifying potential solutions to global challenges is key to our public dialogue. As a solutions media podcast, we dive deep into current affairs and events, answer any questions you have about social change, and share stories and insights from young people and organisations active in the social change space. But before we begin, we would like to acknowledge and thank Australia's traditional owners and custodians for their continued care and protection of our land and waterways. We pay our respect to all elders past, present and emerging, and look to you for guidance as leaders of social justice. Now on to today's episode. I'm someone who loves learning, and I'm always looking for opportunities to grow my knowledge and skills, and that's why I swear by Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community where you can explore thousands of classes in design, photography, business, and so much more. Since joining Skillshare, I've taken classes in things like watercolor art, design thinking, art journaling, storytelling through video, art activism, podcasting, and I even use Skillshare to learn Spanish. If you're new to Skillshare, you can get started with a free trial to get unlimited access to the entire catalogue with a premium membership. Just head to humanitarianchangemakers.net forward slash Skillshare for a free trial. And if you're already a Skillshare member, make sure to take our Social Change 101 class. Hello, and welcome back to Changemaker Q&A, everybody. Now, today's episode was actually inspired by a video that I saw while I was scrolling on Instagram the other day, and it came from a Melbourne-based activist named Daisy Mann, and the video was a response that she had made to the situation that is currently unfolding in Afghanistan. And in the video, she spoke about her experience working in the humanitarian sector, and working overseas when she was quite young and beginning her career. And the way she compared uh, what Australians and particularly young people are currently experiencing to something that she called, uh, I think it was political fatigue, was something that I found really interesting. We hear the phrase compassion fatigue, which is something that she said that she experienced while she was working in the humanitarian sector. You know, you just get so worn out and so burnt out when you're constantly putting yourself in an environment and a situation where you care so deeply about something. And no matter how hard you try, you know, nothing seems to happen. And she basically said that, you know, in Australia, we don't have compassion fatigue when it comes to hearing about all of these really pressing local and global issues that we're currently facing. What we have is political fatigue and political fatigue, similar to compassion fatigue, is kind of this phenomenon where we just feel completely burnt out, completely, uh, I guess, there's just a huge distrust between us and our politicians due to the lack of action uh, that seems to come out of our government when it comes to these big issues. And I found that really, really interesting because I think it is something that we can all relate to. You know, we live in a democracy and we're told that when we, you know, demand action from our leaders and when we elect these people into office, you know, they're there to serve us and they're there to listen to us and, you know, take action and 
do the things that their constituents want. And the reality of it is this just doesn't seem to happen. And, you know, in this video, Daisy gave some really great advice and really practical tips uh, urging people watching to, you know, take action and not let this political fatigue uh get to us and to actually, you know, not be afraid to reach out to our members of parliaments and our local representatives, even if we are somebody who has never done that before and never engaged in uh, politics in this way, which I think is an overwhelming majority of young people. A lot of young people, you know, have never taken the time to kind of reach out to their members of parliament or, you know, even via like email or something, let alone going and actually meeting up with them in their office or going to some kind of community event where they engage and interact with their local MP. And when it comes to situations like the situation that is currently unfolding in Afghanistan, it is so, so, so crucial that we do feel empowered to actually take action and engage with our politicians and get them to do something about the issue. And that's really what I wanted to talk about in this video, uh, in this video, <laughs> sorry, in this podcast episode. I really want to take a solutions-focused approach to one of the ways, uh, and I think it's one of the most effective ways in this context, that um, we as young people can actually get involved in political issues like the one that's currently happen happening in Afghanistan. I know that it can be really easy to get overwhelmed by issues like this when, you know, we think, well, what can I do? And as changemakers, we really need to get into the habit of not focusing so much on the things that we can't control and the things that we have no influence over and instead focusing on what falls within your sphere of influence. You know, you're never going to be able to do it all. So don't worry about the things that you can't control. Instead, just focus on those things that do fall within your sphere of control or influence. Think about which MPs that you might be able to write to. You know, think about if you have any spare money that you could afford to donate or that you could purchase um, some much needed goods that could be donated to organizations working directly with people who are arriving from Afghanistan. Think about maybe the people in your life that you could have really meaningful conversations about this issue with and think about uh, those people whose voices or work that you might be able to further elevate and support through your own platforms. Don't let the overwhelm of not being able to do it all stop you from doing anything at all. Now, specifically in today's podcast episode, I'm going to be diving deep into one of the ways that you can take action, uh, particularly within the political sphere. Now, we're going to be talking specifically about letter writing. And when I say letter writing, I mean either physical letters or like a typed email, but not just like a generic email, a proper like composed letter in digital form. I once had a conversation with somebody who really brushed off letter writing as a really trivial attempt to make a difference. Uh, but once I told this person uh, about some of the letters uh, and letter writing events that I had actually coordinated uh, with organizations like Amnesty International and Oxfam Australia, uh, these really led to some significant change and the guy I was talking to was really shook. 
It does sound incredibly cliche, but I think that words really do have the power to change the world. And as activists, you know, we sign so many petitions and we send so many emails to MPs, but we rarely stop and think about the power that a handwritten letter or a personalized digital letter um, and the impact that it might actually have. Letter writing has always been a really powerful tool in activism. And I think the best thing about letter writing is that it's a very personal and non-confrontational form of activism, which means it's something that basically anyone who is really keen to get involved in can actually do, especially if you have never really engaged in the activism space or engaged with your local representatives before. It really doesn't take much organizing to actually gather a group of people together to get some pens and paper and envelopes and stamps and write letters to people who have the power to make big decisions. And of course, it's something that you can always take the time out in your day to do on your own. So if you are really keen to actually get in contact with your local representative, your member of parliament, maybe a local senator, uh, and let them know that you care very deeply about the situation in Afghanistan and you want to see them taking action in parliament, or even if you're passionate about a completely different issue, and you at some point would like to get in contact with your local MP uh, by writing a really personalized letter, then in this episode, I'm going to be kind of uh, going over the five steps and some things to consider when you write a letter to a politician. This episode of Changemaker Q&A is brought to you by Changemaker Co., Changemaker Collective is a catalyst for young people to live out the motto, tell the world how much you care without saying anything. From iron-on patches for changemakers to upcycle their existing clothes into statement pieces, sustainably and ethically sourced gifts and clothing for changemakers, and community craftivism projects, there's something for everyone. Using a redistributive social enterprise business model, 100% of the profits from Changemaker Co. funds the impact work of the Humanitarian Changemakers Network. Just head to changemakercollective.net for more. So the general kind of overarching structure uh, and five steps that you want to follow in order to write a really meaningful and persuasive letter is to firstly begin by introducing yourself. So in this first part, you want to say, hey, I'm so-and-so. Obviously mention that you are a um, part of their constituency you're a member of um, their local area and they are your local representative so that they know they are kind of hearing from somebody who um, they are there to really serve in office and also because you're somebody who has the power to vote for them and get them re-elected so they're obviously going to be far more interested in what someone like you has to say than somebody who doesn't actually live in their area. Um, you also really want to keep it positive and uh, try and connect with them. Remember that they are a person. It's really hard to say whether the politician that you're writing to will actually be the person reading this letter or whether it'll be a member of their staff, um, but you really never know. A lot of MPs and politicians um, do actually read a lot of the um, letters and things that they get, especially if it is handwritten. If it's sent via email, somebody on their team um, may read it and respond to it or may forward it onto them. It really depends. Um, but just remember that whoever you are uh, writing to is, at the end of the day, a person, whether they are part of a party that aligns with your political views or not. And so you really do want to try and connect with them as a person. 
You also want to maybe let them know if you are a member of a local organization or community group, especially if it is a group that they have supported or worked with in the past. Um, And then you kind of go into step two, which is identifying what the issue is. So you need to let them know that um, obviously you're writing to them for a particular reason. You're not just popping into their letterbox or their inbox to say, hey, Um, but you actually want to kind of say, this is what's happening in the world or in our local community. uh, And this is why I care about it so much. So again, remembering that this is a really personal thing, you want to let them know why it is that you care about them. So try and tap into uh, maybe some values that they might hold if they're um, somebody who in the past has um, kind of made it clear that they really value something like fairness um, or giving everyone, you know, what's that Australian value of like giving everyone a fair go mention that just say like I'm really passionate about making sure that you know everyone in our local community and our global community has a fair go Um, or maybe tap into some values like justice or whatever it may be Um, and then number three is you really want to focus on um, some kind of key points that you want to get across so try not to like ramble too much in the middle of your letter just say this is, you know, key point number one or reason number one why I really care about it. Um, this is what I um, have been reading about or hearing about. These are some potential solutions maybe that I would really support. Um, and then part number four is you really want to have a clear ask for them. You want to make sure that they are aware of why you're actually writing to them. So what are you asking them to do? in response to this problem that you've just outlined? Do you want to see them stand up in parliament and speak about this? Do you want to see them maybe supporting a new bill or a policy or some kind of legislation or, you know, some kind of government or humanitarian intervention? Make sure you're very clear about what it is that you want them to do. And if you don't have like a specific uh, solution to the problem in mind, then just be clear about saying, um, I, you know, would like to see that you take um, action in alignment with, you know, these values that I've previously mentioned in my letter or something. But just make sure you do have kind of a clear ask from them and some kind of way that you can actually like hold them account. And step number five is to thank them for taking the time to read your letter. You know, tell them that you really appreciate the work that they do for your local community or whatever. And actually ask them for a reply. There's obviously no guarantee that they will take the time to reply to you. Um, But if you do ask them for a reply, then there's just that little um, kind of extra element of accountability that you're putting on them to make sure that they do take action. And a lot of the time, if they um, end up replying to you, it'll probably be to let you know that they have uh, taken action in alignment with what you've asked for them. And so it is always good to ask for a reply. Now, one of the most powerful ways for any activist or group of activists to actually affect change uh, through letter writing is to be one voice among many. So if possible, try and get, you know, any of your neighbors, any friends that you have in your local community, your housemates, if your family live in the same house or area as you, people in your family, to actually write letters as well. 
you could host some kind of letter writing party or some kind of discussion group to really um, not only get everyone educated and up to speed on the issue, um, but then to also take action and write letters to the local politicians, maybe some journalists and any other people that you might know in the legislative media or medical communities in your area. Now, the more well-written and uh, frequent letters that these people receive, the more likely they are going to be to take action. Now, I'll just go over some kind of general letter writing tips for activists. Try and keep it as succinct as possible. Try, if you can, to limit your letter to just one page and keep it focused on one issue. Don't try and write to them about, you know, the situation in Afghanistan and also the way that the government has handled the COVID-19 pandemic and also the latest IPCC report. That's too many things happening, too complicated. Try and just keep a single letter focused on a single issue. Again, letters should be brief. They should always be factual. Don't mention uh, anything if you're not sure if it is 100% accurate or true. And always keep things polite. And Like I said before, I know it can be really easy to kind of send an aggressive letter if you're fed up with your local MP or you're not a big fan of them. But at the end of the day, if you send them a really rude or aggressive letter, they're probably not going to respond to it. They're not going to care because they're going to think, well, at the end of the day, this person doesn't like me. So why would I bother, you know, doing what they say? They're probably never going to like me. But if you come at it from the angle that, you know, we're all on the same team, you really want to see them doing the right thing, then they're much more uh, inclined to pay attention and take action on what you're saying. So do take special care not to sound too aggressive or offensive. Also, try and write in a natural style, almost the same way that you would speak. Try not to use really formal or elaborate phrases because this is a type of kind of interpersonal communication. You're not writing an academic essay here. Um, Don't discuss any kind of ideology or politics At the end of the day, you want to come from the position that you are opposed to humanitarian problems. You're not opposed to the current government or political system or anything like that. If you can write your letter from the position that the person reading it will probably either not be able to tell where your political affiliations lie or they will probably think that you are aligned with them, whether you are or aren't, doesn't matter, then that's what you want. You want them to think that we're on the same team and you're not opposed to them or their government. You're just opposed to humanitarian problems. You're opposed to injustice and unfairness and inequality. Again, try and be really positive, make a clear request and write as if the person reading it is going to be open to a reasoned argument. Don't write it as if you think that the person reading it is probably really stupid because, you know, they haven't acted on this or in the past they've done this. You know, treat them with a level of respect that you would expect to receive. Uh, And like I mentioned in that first part as well, you can say a little bit about yourself if you want to. If you want to mention what your occupation is or your background is, It really kind of demonstrates that um, people from everywhere and all kinds of backgrounds are concerned about humanitarian issues and injustice. 
So this is particularly going to be a really good idea if you've gathered a group of family or friends to all write letters because it'll show that all of these people who might be living in the same area um, but coming from really different backgrounds and interests and occupations still all are really concerned about this particular humanitarian um, or injustice issue. So there you have it. Those are my biggest tips and also the best structure to follow if you want to write a really persuasive letter to a politician or decision maker. Again, it's really important to focus on the things that we are able to do and the things that fall within our sphere of influence or control. Don't focus on the things that you can't change and the things that you can't do. So one thing that we can pretty much all do is utilize the power of letter writing to put pressure on our government, our local politicians and decision makers to take action. So, you know, you might only write one letter, but if you write a letter combined with letters from other people all over your local community or your state or the country, we can have a really big impact on our decision makers. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Changemaker Q&A. If you have a question about changing the world that you'd like me to answer, just head to humanitarianchangemakers.net forward slash podcast. If you enjoy the show, we'd really appreciate it if you'd leave us a review so that we can get the word out and equip and empower as many young people as we can to change the world. The Humanitarian Changemakers Network is a solutions media and education platform, so feel free to head to our website for plenty more news and resources to help you make change happen.